Welcome to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in McKeesport, PA, the friendly church in the heart of town since 1885. We're located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport. We invite you to join us this Sunday for worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Our celebrant was the Reverend David Kinsey, and our musical director and organist was Georgia Labetta. Today's sermon is by the Right Reverend Dr. Kenneth L. Price, Jr., Provisional Bishop of Pittsburgh. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Stephen's in McKeesport was one of the first churches that I visited when I came to be amongst you in uh, January of, of 2009, um, or 2010, I'm sorry, um, after having been elected as your provisional bishop the previous October. And uh, during that time, I've, been, I've made uh, several visits here, uh, some, on, some on Sunday, some on Friday. Uh, most years I've been able to come over and uh, share in your fish fry, which uh, is probably one of the, the greatest fish fries in the whole city. <laughs> and um, uh, one, last year I was saying to David that uh, when we came here, your, your furnace was out, and so uh, it, was a, it was a cold morning. So there's been uh, different circumstances, but today it's a, it's a beautiful day. My wife sends her greetings. She could not be with me on this day, um, but it's nice to be able to be with you because this will be my last visit. As you know, uh, in April we'll be electing uh, the next uh, permanent bishop, and then uh, in October when he or she is consecrated, uh, I'll be going back to Ohio after having had three wonderful years here. But I thank you for your graciousness to, to me, and, and particularly for uh, the example that you have of, of, of service uh, of your acolytes. Uh, as I've traveled around the diocese, I have always held up St. Stephen's in McKeesport as having the greatest acolyte corps in the whole diocese. Uh, there have been times it's been larger, but never uh, has, has, has any church had more faithful acolytes than you have here. And uh, we've been talking about having an acolyte festival uh, uh, at the cathedral sometime in the next uh, year before I leave. And if so, um, I'll be calling on your acolytes to be part of it because they really know what it's all about. And so uh, I thank you and thank, thank you for your care of them uh, and, uh, and, and, and for all that goes on here. Glad to be with David this morning. Um, I think uh, you have a good priest now, and it looks as if he's going to be able to be with you for a while, and, and I hope that under his leadership and the leadership of the lay people here, this church can, can, uh, can, can prosper in the, in the coming uh, months and years. Now about this gospel for today. This gospel is a typical Lenten gospel. Um, the themes of the gospel are good Lenten themes. They are, there are three themes in this gospel, suffering, temptation, and discipleship. Now any one of these themes could be the fodder for, for a sermon in and of itself, but I'd like to at least touch briefly on all three of them, um, not really uh, spending a lot of time, but rather making sure that that we uh, understand what the gospel is about 
because that's what preaching should be about. Now in this passage, Jesus is speaking about what lay in store for him in Jerusalem. That is mainly, namely, suffering and death. He knew that that's what he was facing when he went to Jerusalem, and he was trying as gently as he could to tell his disciples about that. When Peter heard him talking of this, though, he reacted in typical Peterese fashion. If you read the scriptures, you know Peter was impetuous. Uh, he spoke his mind. He, he spoke what he felt. And so, uh, although Mark doesn't record exactly what Peter's words are, um, Matthew, on the other hand, in a parallel version, does. Um, it's reported that when Jesus told his disciples that, that he must suffer and, 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 and um, uh, that, um, things, uh, that he was going to be rejected by the chief priests and the scribes and ultimately be killed, Peter burst out and said, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. This outburst is an example of, of why Peter is, is so many people's favorite saint. Many of us can identify with a person who reacts with such emotion when someone or something that we love is threatened. We get upset and we sometimes uh, uh, cry out uh, uh, with, with, with great emotion. In his best benevolent big brotherly manner, you can imagine Peter pulling Jesus aside and away from the rest of the disciples, maybe putting his arm around his shoulder and saying to him passionately, God forbid that, Lord. This must never happen to you. Why go to Jerusalem if it only means that you're going to have suffering and humiliation and death? Surely there must be a better way. We won't let you do this to yourself. Let's, let's just get out of Dodge. Well, Peter's speech was pointed and personal enough to get Jesus' attention. And so in a vulnerable moment, he, he, uh, he saw perhaps an alternative to the tragedy in the making that, that was unfolding in Jerusalem. Well, unwittingly, what, what Peter was doing was throwing out to Jesus a choice to yield to temptation with a capital T. It's also much like something like the, that, 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 that we do when we're faced with a hard or unappealing choice. Jesus' answer to Peter, however, is clear and decisive. He addresses Peter in the same way that he rebuked that earlier tempter when he was out in the wilderness. Remember, we read that lesson a few weeks ago. Get thee behind me, Satan, said, Peter, said uh, Jesus. You're nothing but a stumbling block. You've got your mind in the wrong place. You're thinking about human things, not divine things. Yes, Jesus probably thought for a moment about Peter's alternative. Ah, oh, if I could just avoid that trip to Jerusalem, it would be so much better. And then perhaps, perhaps, you know, I could, I could have a few more years and marshal some more forces, and who knows, I might, be, I might become the, the next king of Jerusalem. These are the things that tempted him. And, you know, all of us are, are sometimes plagued by temptation. But Jesus only reflected for a moment. And if we read the scripture right, he quickly put that out of his mind and said, no, no, we must face what lies ahead. The human side of us is always looking for easy ways, for, for ways that bring personal power and recognition, always trying to find ways to avoid difficulty and confrontation. 
But unfortunately, traveling with Jesus isn't easy. You see, Jesus never promised his followers a rose garden or a life filled with blue skies or rosy sunsets or moon glow and happy landings. Quite the opposite. Following Jesus means taking up our cross. And taking up our cross sometimes is the hard road. You know, this is an election year, and already the, the verbal heat has been turned up. You can't turn on the TV or pick up a newspaper without reading that one candidate said this or another. And the task that lies ahead for us of picking the best person to be our president uh, will come, come along in November uh, is, 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 is a momentous one. In our religious life, we're also facing an election, the election of the next diocesan bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Pittsburgh. Now, in both of these cases, we will have choices to make. But you know, if years ago the Jewish people had been electing a Messiah, Jesus would have lost that election hands down based on his platform. His, his vision thing would have sent him plummeting in the polls. After all, he healed the sick, but he never promised anybody a better health care system. He taught, but he never promised better education or a tax break for those who had children in rabbinic school. He fed the multitudes, but he never promised a higher standard of living. Never once in the scripture do we record Jesus as saying, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Jesus had all the credentials for a poll-popping campaign. But listen to the promises that he made to his followers. If any of you want to become my followers, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Not exactly a campaign a slogan to encourage people to come and follow him. Peter's humanity cried out for Jesus to establish his kingdom, but without the cross, to avoid the suffering. But instead, Jesus chose the way through suffering and death. And this leads us to the third theme of the gospel, and I think the most important one, discipleship. The cost of discipleship is what this gospel is really all about. What Jesus is calling his followers, including us who are his followers today, to is plain and simple. But it's also severe. But, you know, paradoxically, it's also rewarding. You see, discipleship involves not getting our own way necessarily, but self-denial. And that flies in the face of the human voice deep within us that says, you know, you only go around in life once. So go with gusto, play hard, be all that you can be. The heavenly voice, on the other hand, says, no, self-gratification is out. Self-denial is the order of the day. Now, because we're human, there's a bit of selfishness in all of us. In reality, selfishness is the essential sin. But simply just wanting to have it our way, devoting our lives to the fulfillment of our own personal ambition, that ultimately will not get us into the kingdom of heaven. And so what Jesus is calling us to in this lesson 
is to put our own self, our self-desires, our self-needs, put them behind and rather take up our cross and follow him. This is hard for us because the me generation is not dead and never will be. And so we struggle, we struggle with this. And there are many in this world who simply say, that's not for me, and they turn their back and they walk away. They say, life is too short, and I don't want to carry that heavy cross around, and so I'll go my own way and seek my, my own gratification. Ultimately, there will be a price to pay, but that's a sermon for another day. One of God's mysterious and wonderful paradoxes is that when we do choose self-denial, it frequently turns out to be self-fulfillment. After all, look at Mother Teresa. Her life was an epitome of self-denial and poverty. She sought nothing, and yet she ended up winning the Nobel Peace Prize. She lost her life for Christ's sake, but she found it in so many ways that her life, as we remember, just oozes with richness. Ah, but Mother Teresa was a saint, you may say. After all, we're not saints. We can't be her. Well, no, we can't be Mother Teresa. But I bet each of us here could name ten other people, actual living people who have intersected in our lives, who in one way or another, perhaps a little lesser way than her, lift up the same thing. When our son was, was, was uh, in grade school, he was in a scout troop. I understand your uh, Christopher here is about to, to get his Eagle Scout. I've, I've always been a strong supporter of the scouting program. And when Jeff was, was, was in scouts, his scoutmaster had all the time in the world to, to help him uh, work toward his, his, uh, his first, first class uh, um, 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 rank. This is about the time that we were, I was changing churches and I was very busy you know, leaving one church and moving to another one. And, and, and I didn't have, quite frankly, the time, or at least I didn't choose to take the time to give to Jeff that he needed to, to help uh, earn everything that he needed to become a first-class scout. But Bob, his scoutmaster, had all the time in the world. But you know, Bob also, along with his wife, was foster parent to some 20 children, many of whom were physically and emotionally abused. If anyone would say, look, I'm already, look, uh, Jesus, I'm already giving all I can. Don't ask me to give any more. That could have been Bob's story. But he was never that way. The boys that were in his scout troop, my son being one, all uh, were, were, were uh, he gave all the time in the world to them. Now, Bob and his wife literally gave, gave, gave up their lives to provide for the children that intersected with them, whether the children in the scout troops such as my son or the foster children who came to live with him. Bob worked uh, until the very end. He's dead now. He's literally lost his life. But I'm convinced that he's alive, finding a new life in Christ. And the reason that he's alive is that there are children all over the world all now, because those foster children and the, the scouting children, it's been now about 25 years since that time, they're all over the world continuing to live their lives instilled in them with the principles that Bob, Bob gave to them. Because of his sacrifices, 
they have richer lives. That's what sainthood is all, be, is all about. Taking the time to reach out to others. Taking the time to share of our life with those who have needs that we can meet in order that their lives can be changed and the love of Jesus Christ can be spread. This is what being a disciple is, is all about. But it involves some cross-bearing. It involves making some choices. Bob and his wife lived in a very modest home and they had very few what we would call material pleasures because they chose to spend the resources that they had on, on, on their children. So oftentimes we, we have to make hard choices that, that, that mean that we, that we put the things that, that might be the pleasures of life second to the things that Jesus is calling us to do. Bearing a cross is, 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 is a tough thing. You know, we're comfortable wearing crosses around our neck or dangling from our ears. Many people make pilgrimages to the Holy Land or to Canterbury, and they proudly bring back crosses from those places. When Easter comes along, we flower the cross and talk about how beautiful it is. But bearing a cross is different. It means voluntarily taking on the burdens of others. It means choosing to endure pain or problems or perhaps even suffering for the sake of Christ and the gospel. This is what real self-denial is about. And the painful and yet important message of Lent is that in order to be a true disciple, we need to be willing to bear the cross. And that means being willing to share with Christ along with his suffering. It means being willing to confront temptation and overcome it. It means being willing to call upon Jesus Christ to empower us to be more than we could be by ourselves. So where does all this lead? Well, it leads to the fulfillment of Christ's paradoxical promise. If you want to have things your way, then that's your choice. But ultimately, it's an empty choice. But if you, want to lose, if you want to choose to lose your life by following Christ in self-denial and cross-bearing, well then surprise, because you'll find that your gift, your, your, your prize for that choice is, is having a life that is worth living, worth calling life, and a life that has a, 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 a dimensions that will live far beyond your time on this earth you'll find yourself living the life of a disciple. And so today, we're given a choice. We can choose to live our life. We can choose because we're creative and, and, and competent human beings, uh, gaining all we can out of life. And when it's over, we can say, well, I died with the most toys. Or we can choose to bear our cross, to follow Jesus Christ, to, to practice self-denial, to resist temptation, and ultimately to achieve an eternal life that is everlasting and ongoing. The choice is ours, but the gift is Jesus's to give. And he stands ready to give to each of us that gift of eternal life. All we need to do 
is choose to take up our cross and follow him. May God bless us as we strive to live our lives as Jesus would have us to do. Amen. You've been listening to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport since 1885. Heard today were the Reverend David Kinsey and our church choir under the direction of Georgia Labetta. Today's sermon was by the Right Reverend Dr. Kenneth L. Price, Jr., Provisional Bishop of Pittsburgh. We invite you to join us for Sunday worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.